We have a few things to pray for. And parents, isn't it interesting to hear the parents as anxious about the homework as the children? Welcome back to school. And for all of those not in school or watching our children or grandchildren in school, welcome to the rhythm of our community where August and September, we come alive with these stories and realities. We are back at it again in La Sierra. So we have a word from our teacher, Jesus, this morning. Jesus says, the student is not above the teacher. I understand this is a text that was light, loosely quoted when we prayed around campus a couple of weeks ago before the students joined us. The student is not above the teacher. Jesus says it four times in Matthew, in Luke, and twice in the Gospel of John. The student is not above a teacher. It's an unusual little saying. It doesn't necessarily tell us what it means, right? A student is above the teacher. We know stories with Jesus, right? Like the time that that Jesus sat down with a little boy with fishes and loaves and broke bread, and the time he found a woman hunched over a well in the middle of the daytime. We know stories with Jesus when he got into a boat and a storm broke out, and we know parables with Jesus, the time there was a sower and some seed and a lot of different earth and ground where those seeds land. Parables with Jesus like the man who had two sons, one a prodigal, and one who stays home. But today we have a word, just a short sentence from Jesus, this short, pithy, clever little saying. We call them aphorisms. It's a, there are more than a hundred of these in the, the New Testament uh, stories that we all know. We know them because they're nestled in stories. Aphorisms. Aphorisms, this is the word, a pity observation that contains a general truth. Wise sayings from Jesus, smart sayings, memorable sayings, they are clever, and they're clever usually because there's a contradiction or a paradox, or we simply don't know what to make of it. This is one of the aphorisms from our teacher Jesus. Like a proverb, but not necessarily a proverb, and really only the literature teachers care at this point, so we'll leave it at that. We say of Jesus when he starts speaking in aphorisms that he's speaking proverbial. So today, as we begin the school year, the student is not above the teacher. Somebody in your life probably uses proverbs and speaks in these smart, clever little sayings, right? Somebody you know or in literature that you've read or simply common wisdom, too many cooks spoil the the stew, the broth, the pot, I heard it all, right? A stitch in time saves, right? Those are examples of aphorisms, small, smart, clever little sayings. My mother used to say, everyone's crazy but me and thee. And sometimes I wonder about thee. See, but you don't really know what it means until you see how she uses it. Where are we when she says it? Who is the other she's speaking to? This is the challenge with aphorisms. You can't really pull them out of their context, put them on a kitchen magnet on the refrigerator or on a bumper sticker or on a piece of wall art and say, we know exactly what this means. We don't know exactly what this means. Jesus uses it four different times in four different settings. This is the challenge of these clever little sayings. What do they mean? Well, we are not sure. They say what they say, but what do they mean? We have to watch Jesus when he pulls these sayings forward. 
They're rarely defined. Jesus drops them, and then he moves on. The student is not above the teacher. What does it mean? I'm, I'm taking from the Luke account of this little aphorism today. We were in the Gospel of Luke a few weeks ago when Principal Munoz Beard was with us. This is where Jesus is giving the manifesto at the beginning of his ministry. Remember, he can say anything he wants. They're seated on a hillside. The Luke, the storyteller, says there are thousands of them there. We're in Luke chapter six this morning. The manifesto with Jesus, he's just said the words we know really well, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor and the hungry, and those of you who are weep, you're blessed right now in this moment and you don't, you don't know it. Jesus continues with that, uh, those cluster of sayings, blessed are you when people exclude you, blessed are you when people, people are mean to you because you are choosing me, Jesus says. Jesus is teaching us what his kingdom will be like We will be the ones who work for those who are hungry and those who are poor and those who are weeping. We will be the ones who commit with Jesus and it's not the easier life, it's the better life, Jesus says, sitting on the ground that day. In Luke, Principal Munoz Beard's little text that she shared with us, her favorite, seek ye first the kingdom of God. After Jesus says these things, he will say, so seek God first. What Jesus says, however, next in this Luke chapter six are some of his most difficult teachings that he gives us. I believe the youth room, up in the youth room today, James Kim, I think you talked about love your enemies. Is that correct? That is one of the teachings that comes out of Jesus' mouth next. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Love your enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you. Turn the other cheek. When someone takes your coat, give them your shirt as well. Treat others how you would like them to treat you. Don't judge. Don't condemn. Forgive. Jesus goes on and on and on. Sometimes he's echoing common wisdom of the day. And then sometimes Jesus is telling us something specific about Jesus' kingdom. The student is not above the teacher. This is what comes with the rest of the saying. Luke 6, verse 39. Jesus told them a riddle. A blind person can't lead another blind person, right? Won't they both fall into the ditch? Disciples or students aren't greater than their teachers or master. But whoever is fully prepared will be like their teacher. Why do you see the splinter in your brother or sister's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own? How can you say to your brother or sister, brother, sister, let me take out the splinter from your eye when you don't see the log in your own eye? You deceive yourselves. First, take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye or your sister's eye. The section here ends with, with Jesus saying, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I ask you to do? This is the section where our aphorism is contained this morning. And at the end here, you see it's a little bit of get over yourself. Did you feel that? The speck in someone else's eye, the log in your own, right? So get over yourself because in the the kingdom of Jesus, we won't be doing these comparisons so we know what we can't do with the aphorism, church. A student... A student will never be greater than a teacher. We can't use the aphorism for some kind of hierarchy. We can't use the aphorism to to, uh, oppress students, put students in their place, to remind students, you're the student, I'm the teacher. I hear these stories a lot, not, not just from our community. 
of those of us in positions of power who lord it over. Well, we know we can't do that with this aphorism. That's not its setting, right? The student is not greater than the teacher. Somehow we are all in this together in a territory for Jesus with Roman oppression or Roman-occupied territory where powers are ruling over people. Jesus looks at thousands of people on the hillside and says, you're gonna need to get over yourself so you can care about the people who are hungry and the people who, need to, who are poor and the people who are weeping so you can all start wiping tears. You'll need to get over yourself. Somehow teachers and students, we're all in this together. Somehow, teachers and students, we're all human. We can't set up artificial power with this aphorism. Sandra Roberts, Dr. Roberts, our conference president, she was at Oshkosh Camporee with many people, 55,000. Our club was there. We looked at some pictures this last week. I, and I think our, our club rolled in Tuesday night around, I don't know, something like eight o'clock, seven, eight o'clock. I wanna show you some pictures from Oshkosh. We are out there somewhere, right, Jeff? We are camped at the very back of all of that, two miles out, this direction on the left. This is what everyone keeps referring to as Oshkosh, and somewhere back there on the left we're camped, and we walk a mile every night to get to the evening program. The next picture is when we walk and get into our space that someone's been saving or not saving or taking our seats or not taking our seats. The most Christian behavior happened then. <laughs> and evening programs every night that we hear were phenomenal. And we keep hearing these reports of baptisms most every evening, right? This picture from the North American Division's website, something like 800 baptisms at Oshkosh last week. Dr. Robert says that on the nights of the baptism that they asked the conference presidents, the leaders, to be present. So when your conference is called, you'll come to the front and, and you'll introduce and be present when your children are baptized. And Sandy was moving around at the front of the stage area as the baptisms were happening, keeping her eye. And all of a sudden, she realized our kids are getting baptized and she's supposed to be up front right now. And she's in a mob of people, and so she begins to push her way through the people and cut through and get up to the platform area where there's a microphone when one little girl says to her, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Sandy turned around. There's a little girl telling Dr. Roberts. You can't do that, we're all here. We're all in line and we're all ready and you can't cut line like that, lady. <laughs> I love these stories. Aren't they the best? And Sandy said, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I mean, what do you say now? I'm sorry, I really have to be up. You can't do that. I love these kinds of stories because usually eight, nine, 10 year olds don't know how to say things like that except for that they've witnessed it. I love these stories because they put our humanity on display. I'm so grateful for the honest parent who told me this week, you know, our kids kind of have a cruddy opinion about such and such because I have a cruddy opinion about such and such. Our kids have an attitude about so and so because truthfully their mom and I have an attitude about so and so. It turns out in these aphorisms that students and teachers are not so different. Blind teachers create blind students. 
But it's also true that over a period of time, Jesus says to them, eventually, students, you'll be like your teachers. You will bear similarity in the kingdom of Jesus. So beware if you sign up for this because it will be difficult. People will ridicule you and mock you. People will call you out in the world. People will wonder what you're doing. It'll be exhausting. A student is not greater than the teacher, but it turns out the teacher in the end is not so much greater than the student, the humankind, all of us in it together. I'm intrigued by this aphorism in our exhausted world today, finally. We are exhausted by the time we've heard the morning news. We are exhausted and fatigued and discouraged about the world in which we're raising these children, teachers and parents and students, all of us exhausted. I spent last week in a bookstore, something I do every August. I spend time in three or four different independent bookstores and I usually take my camera and simply stand in front of book covers and take picture after picture after picture and I look for themes in titles of books. I look to see what are, what are we writing this year and what are we consuming this year and what are we summarizing this year. I had a hard time getting out of memoirs but I finally did. And I'm giving you one book cover just one to summarize what I think a lot of them were saying. Era of ignition, coming of age in a time of rage and revolution. This is our world. This is our world, La Sierra Academy, on year 99 of educating students. An era of rage and, and revolution. How do we hear the word of Jesus? A student's not greater than the teacher. And by the way, get over yourselves because I'm going to need you in this world. I'm going to need you to care about the things God cares about. There's not time for rage and revolution the wrong way. We can't have an opinion about every argument going on in the world. Sometimes we'll have to let Dr. Sandra Roberts through the line. How do we hear the aphorism from Jesus this morning? Disciples aren't greater than their teacher, but Jesus says, whoever is fully prepared will be like their teacher. Whoever is fully prepared, church, community, we are never not disciples. We are never not disciples once we commit to the Jesus way. We are never not a disciple, another time of the day other than the Sabbath hours. We're never not disciples. It, it, it isn't that we're, we're disciples at church, but at home, we're something else. We're disciples in Bible class, but on our own when we go to history or PE. We're disciples when we gather for chapel on Friday, but on our own when we drive away from campus. We're disciples when the family gathers to say prayers, but we're on our own when we go to Costco later. Kind of. Are we, are we disciples when we go to Sabbath lunch with friends, but we're on our own when we go to the movies? Are we disciples when we're quoting aphorisms and wise sayings of our teacher, Jesus, but we're on our own when we're consuming Netflix and Twitter? We are never not disciples in the Jesus way. This is the summary of Jesus that day with thousands of people gathered around. We're never not disciples. If we choose the Jesus way, discipleship with Jesus doesn't happen easily. 
Dallas Willard says, there are no reluctant disciples. You're either in or you're not. Jesus would agree. So in light of all of this in our exhausted world, La Sierra Academy educators, truly this church says thank you. Thank you for standing in the space and letting the little eyes be on you. Thank you for being vulnerable that the little eyes are taking you all in on the days you really feel like you are a disciple, on the days you really feel like you're not. Thank you that you're standing where little eyes then go home and tell bigger eyes what happened and we all decide. Thank you, La Sierra Academy faculty and staff that you're willing in 2019 to stand in a culture that has less and less time for Jesus. This church sees you. We love this. We don't get it right every time. All of the rest of us who are also in the Ministry of Education, we realize we don't get it right every time. We make messes. We make grown-up choices on little bodies that aren't right. And when that happens, Jesus had counsel. We forgive. We ask for forgiveness. We offer forgiveness. And then we keep on our way with Jesus. Next year, we'll celebrate 100 years of education in this community. I'm warning you now, we're gonna party next year. We're gonna party for probably the whole year. Next year we celebrate in all of the ways from TK all the way through graduate education on the university side because in 1922 some hard working people believed that the message of Jesus was enough and it was worth their entire lives and they moved to this corner of the neighborhood and they rolled up their sleeves and all they wanted to do is make sure they shared Jesus with children. I'm not making this up. I can tell you this because I've read their notes. I read what they write about. Oh, we didn't get it right every day. We did some harsh and ugly stuff along the way. Some of those stories we'll tell next year when we're celebrating 100 years. But then every once in a while when I open the old church journals, my eyes find something like this in 1923 at the beginning of the school year. The pastor gives a rousing sermon and they pray that many children will choose Jesus, not because we have forced them, but they will be compelled by the love of the Savior. Oh, how he loves us. It is always what this community has cared about. The student is not above the teacher, but the student can be prepared for the disciple life all the same. It is uh, Professor Lawrence Turner who says this of his teaching career. I've had many students in my life. All of them I've taught. Some of them are my students. May they all, these children, may they all be students of some of us here one way or the other. And may the kingdom of Jesus be alive. Amen.